0: have a call later today with a, a friend of mine and we're gonna go do talks at the some of the local high schools and then kind of push it up to the community colleges and maybe some actual colleges you know just go in there tell mm-hmm. our stories about where we were to where we are now like it doesn't matter where you are it doesn't matter you know what you did but like if you choose to change you can change yourself right now and make the yes. difference. so that's that's a huge huge goal of mine and uh, a lot of drive for me
1: Welcome to the Obsessed with Real Estate Show. I am your host, Alana George, and I am obsessed with real estate. I have a great show for you today Brody Garcia with KGI Capital, who shares with us his touching story of being a teen dad and how reading one book really set him in the right direction of investing in real estate and becoming a responsible adult. I'll give you a hint. You've heard of the book before. You'll have to listen to find out. He also talks about how real estate now enables him to give back to the communities that he came from. And we talk about how now he's building and diversifying his portfolio. It's a lot of good stuff. You're going to love it. I loved recording it. Fun fact, actually, right after the interview, my computer died. So I'm having to re-record this at a later date, the intro. And um, so if you're watching, you'll see my hair is much better in the actual interview than it is right now. But anyways, just wanted to give you that note for consistency. Another reminder, if you haven't already noticed that in the show notes, I do list the books that we talk about for you to easily go and buy them. I am an Amazon affiliate member. So if you buy through the links that I provide, you are supporting the show and I would greatly appreciate that. You can also head over to our website, obsessedwithrealestateshow.com, where you can find all of the book recommendations. All right, let's jump in. I am here with Brody Garcia with Kng Interests. Welcome to the Obsessed with Real Estate Show.
0: Thank you. Thank you.
1: Super excited to have you here. We met a couple weeks ago now at our real estate meetup here locally in the Bay Area, you know, we got to talking and you just had a really interesting story. So I thought I need to hear more about you, right? You shared, you know, some of your um, whys like right off the bat. And I felt like that was super smart. You're a super networker for, (laughs) for doing that because everybody became so vested in sharing in your vision, right? And became like instant friends with you. So that was really cool. And I appreciate you accepting my invite to be on here for me to deep dive into you and your investing. So thanks for being here.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate it. all the all the compliments. I didn't know I was super networking, but I'm just trying to be uh, just real, I guess.
1: Yeah. I'm, I took some notes. So um, tell me a bit about you and, you know, share with us your background and what eventually led you into real estate investing.
0: Okay. So this will be a little bit of a longer story, so we'll go way back. So I, I grew up in not such a, a great household. You know, I grew up about the age of five, my dad was in and out of prison. You know, I, I remember going to visit my dad through a piece of plexiglass and a telephone, um, you oh know, I, I remember wow. a, a time seeing my dad running out of a, a store, carrying a flat screen TV, throwing it into the back of our van. I'm sitting in the passenger seat and people are chasing after him, screaming his name. And about five minutes later, of course, being in the Bay Area, there's traffic everywhere. <laughs> we yeah. got the traffic, five cop cars pull up and, you know, are watching him get arrested and I, I'm hanging out in the cop car where it's nice and warm at least. So
1: <laughs> that's wild.
0: So going from that, um, I started making kind of following that same cycle. As I got older, you know, I was really angry. It felt, very like the world kind of screwed me over and I had an unfair advantage or not advantage disadvantage I started making poor choices and by the time I was like in high school I was smoking drinking I was doing all that kind of stuff I ended up having my daughter by the time I was 16 really that's kind of where I started to make that shift was like I I realized that I didn't want to be what my dad was to my daughter I realized that I wanted to be there for her and be in her life and it was very important to me so from that point I kind of slowly started shifting over i ended up meeting my girlfriend who my senior year of high school so i was about 18 and met her and she was a lot more into investing and i ended up reading rich dad poor dad that she had sitting out one day and that was kind of like the light bulb it was like oh like huh, i don't i don't have to work until i'm 50 <laughs> to and I <I'm> baby <laughs> retire early if i say really good but really, that was a big a big part of it for me. I've gone pretty much from that and started doing smaller investment properties, and now I'm pushing towards larger multifamilies. But th- that's kind of a big part of my why is to really want to be able to give back to people that are that were in my shoes that really felt like the world was not so nice to them.
1: That's amazing. I love that mission. The fact that you're even open to reading the book that was there, open to the concepts is huge, right? We talk about it all the time on the show and in communities, how we get the identities of sometimes our parents' money mindsets. And it's hard to see beyond that sometimes. So just the fact that you're open to reading the book on it and didn't dismiss I mean says a lot about you and how you were really wanting to grow and change your life that's amazing
0: thank you thank you I appreciate all the compliments
1: <laughs> yeah yeah I, was, I I think that's great and so tell me a bit about your first investment like how did you get from reading rich dad poor dad when you were 18 which is great to actually buying your first investment
0: Right. So I, I had been working pretty much since my I knew I was going to have a daughter. I, I got a job. I was working every day after school and working full time during the summer, set a machine shop. So I was able to save a little bit of money from there, from that, all the way up till I was about 19. Then I started working as an electrical apprentice. So I was working at the Bay Area and I started making decent money doing that. And by the time I was 21, I was able to save up enough to buy a home on the outer edge of the Bay Area. And so that was my first investment property. So I went with that. It was a 3-2 with the little granny unit in the back. Basically, we did a house hack, which is where we I bought it and had you know set separate sides. So I rented out the larger half of it. And then me and my girlfriend and my daughter all crammed into a little 300 square foot um, ADU. That was not... It, it was rough, rough, definitely rough. But um,
1: Yeah, with a better money. financial decision, you <laughs> made that sacrifice because I think a lot of people either wouldn't have rented out that ADU or would have, you know, taken the bigger, taken the three bedroom, right?
0: I'll tell you right now, my family, they, when they came, they did the little house party when I first bought it. All of them were like, why are you doing that? Like, why don't you live in the nicer big house? And it's like, I, like you said, much, I was trying to save my money, try to leverage it better. I personally don't need a lot of space. I don't like having a lot of stuff. So I, I, smaller is better for me anyways.
1: I have this theory that I could live in a shoebox if it meant that I could buy more real estate. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty flexible. I don't need a lot also, but you know, having a family and stuff, you end up needing more room.
0: Oh yeah. I mean, it was, it wasn't even a one bedroom it was a studio. So it was, oh my gosh. Uh, we had our bed and then we had, my daughter had a little bunk bed with the desk underneath it. That was about oh five to 10 feet away from us. And really we lived in that for almost a year while I saved up some money and ended up converting it to a two bedroom. Uh, and adding an additional 400 square feet on that. So now wow. we have bedrooms, but.
1: Yeah, sorry. that's hard. Was that hard on your relationship?
0: <laughs> yes. Yes, it definitely was. Especially <laughs> once we started doing the remodels, we didn't really have a lot of room to go. You know, it's all in one room. So once you start yep. ripping open walls, just basically like where our beds were, was had plastic hanging down from the ceiling. You know, we had to go through flaps to keep the gravel dust out. And I, I tried to I start talking to contractors do the work. And I just, at the time, they wanted uh, 60, 80 grand to get it done. And oh, I just put cool. all the money to buy in the house. So I didn't have it. So I ended up doing all the work myself, except for a little bit of drywall.
1: That's pretty resourceful. I know even like bed sharing when you have an infant is hard on relationships. So I would imagine just sharing a room as your house has to be really hard.
0: Yeah, you try trying to spend a lot more time outside. With that yeah, yeah. <laughs> Get a little bit more room outside.
1: Yeah, play outside, go hiking, hang out at the mall, I'm sure. But more power to you. Like, that's a big sacrifice. And I like this story a lot, also, because you worked in the trades and you were able to buy something that's amazing, buy something in the Bay Area. Like, that's not as heard of and an accomplishment in itself. But okay, I'll keep the compliments to myself. (laughs) <laughs> Anyways. Okay. So tell me what you learned from this first house hacking deal.
0: Oh, I learned everything. I mean, really, I learned how to manage tenants and find good tenants. Like that part of it, you know, we were, we got tenants in there within a month or two after purchasing the property, they ended up moving out like two months later, which we had a year long lease. And basically he worked in the, in the marijuana industry and Basically, moved jobs to come over here, and he just basically lost his job. And it's not there's not a ton of competitors to get a new job at out of here. So that basically he was just they sat down with us, like, "Hey, we're gonna have to move. Like, we got, I we're gonna have to go back to uh, Stockton or wherever they were from."
1: Yeah, that's tough.
0: Yeah, so exactly dealing with that. Luckily, they were they were good and they communicated with us and told us that wasn't mm-hmm. like just they just disappeared and stopped paying rent. They, they told us that we were able to. Get someone back within you know, two months and they've been in here ever since and they've been really good tenants so just learning that whole process and then also on the construction side of it really just learning what like how everything costs you know what it takes you know dealing with permits dealing with the city really had a grind and just kind of <laughs> make it happen because i was working full time uh you know going to leave the house at 5 a.m getting home at 5 p.m eating dinner and then working for a couple hours to you know and then weekend warrior it as well
1: Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So it was 24 seven, basically.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And like you said, also, that is very hard on the relationships as well. So it's it's kind of trying to find a balance between all that.
1: Yeah. And as a your role as a dad, too, you know, you work all day, come home, eat and then go and you work. That's not exactly, you know, spending time, quality time. And no, not at all. Yeah, that's hard as well. And kids always want to help. Let me tell you.
0: <laughs> I my daughter, I uh, you know, do a little bit of demo. Give her a little hammer, and she can hit a little bit drywall, and she likes going up in the attic and stuff. So we get the plywood up there. So she helped me pull some wires and do all that. So she she likes to be a part of it. I always try to, like you said, yeah, try to try to intermix them.
1: So yeah, that's the win-win.
0: That. Yeah, exactly.
1: And it's good for our kids to feel like they're involved too. It's good for their self-esteem and their self-confidence when you can involve them in what you're doing. It's a positive. Tell me about your current portfolio. How have you grown since then?
0: Since I bought that property when I was 21, it's been about four years now, so I'm 25 now. And in that time, I bought uh, a couple, or mostly small to small multifamilies and single families out of state that cash flow better than California.
1: Mm-hmm. So what know, states
0: Florida and Indiana so Florida okay. had more of appreciation especially now appreciate yeah. it a lot I bought it and cash at the time and then two pro- uh, a couple properties single families in Indiana as well
1: cool and those are cash flowing well I would yes. imagine as well yeah do you get sick of people saying oh my gosh you're so young because <laughs> you're only 25
0: I mean I really I, I used to I really used to used to bother me especially when I was younger yeah. Um, but now I come and try to own it. And, yeah. Like uh, I'm 25. I'm, I'm serious about this. Uh,
1: okay. Just checking. Cause that was my initial, you know, I think that I probably said that to you at the meetup. And then when you said it now, I'm like, Oh my God, you're so young. But I know I was, you know, 24, 25 at one time and you know, it's the oldest you've ever been. <laughs> <laughs> what can you say? And 25 was a big turning point. Like for me, in my life, so you're definitely rocking it, and that's really cool. So you have mostly small multi families now that are cash flowing at a state, and then you st- sounds like you still have that single family. Yeah, so I, I still live here.
0: It's much, especially with how rents are going right now. I'm I'm, I'm living here for almost nothing to live here. Uh, that's so awesome. that, That's one of the nice parts about it, and then also on top of that, I, I'm moving more into larger multifamilies right now. So mm-hmm. we just closed on a 72-unit apartment last month.
1: Super cool.
0: So yeah, Super so that's, cool. that's I'm pushing to towards that space now.
1: Just growing, getting bigger buildings, and can you share, you know, where that is?
0: So yeah, that property is in uh, Oklahoma.
1: Oh, okay, Oklahoma. Yeah. Yeah. Cool.
0: So I got I got a little bit of everything, a little bit of everywhere.
1: Yeah. That's kind of diversified that way. I like it. You got appreciation in Florida and in the Bay Area. You've got cash flow. I would think that Indiana and Oklahoma are both heavy cash flow.
0: Yes. Less
1: on the appreciation. That's what my Ohio properties are. They're not as much appreciation as they are cash flow.
0: Yep. Yeah. Which is why I love them. Yeah. No, they're they're good. I mean, really, they they stay afloat because of that, right?
1: Yeah. So tell me now. That you're at where you're at, which is a good place to be. What are your current challenges that you're facing with your business, with the growth, with where you're trying to go?
0: Yeah. So I mean, with with the way we're doing our our the multifamily purchases now, I'm I'm learning how to basically grow an investor base and learn marketing. I mean, before I was always I always just word of mouth, just talk to people, but now I really have to make an effort to try to do our, our marketing and networking. I personally am not a social media guy. I just made my Facebook and my late, like probably a couple months ago. I just social media is not my, uh, I, you know, I don't spend a lot of time on it. I, I always used to think it was really dumb.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I time. know. I've mentally gone back and forth for a long time. It's funny that you say you just made a Facebook though, because it's like 2022 and I almost feel like what well, was, you know, you're so late to that boat.
0: Exactly. Exactly. And I'm like, uh, I, I really, I feel like I'm I'm like 75. I'm like, how do I do this on, on Facebook? How do I use this? Like Instagram and stuff. So I'm really trying to get that, that locked in and really just, uh, just kind of realize that I'm going to need to contact and reach out and share with more people than I can just yeah. with my mouth.
1: Yeah. More so than just word of mouth. It gives you mm-hmm. a great platform. So you're 25, but definitely an old soul. And <laughs> personally, I feel like I can only like mentally handle like putting my energy into like one social media platform. Like, right, I shifted my focus a few years ago from my Facebook to my Instagram because it was a bit better for business. Now I post on Instagram. My if you go to my Facebook feed, there's like barely anything. And then my assistant helped me create a TikTok. But like, I like it's already hard enough for me to get the energy and the find the time to like post on Instagram, but to then be like, okay, now I'm gonna post on Facebook. Okay, now I'm gonna post on on TikTok. Right. I feel like that's like overwhelming for me. It's too much.
0: Yeah. My well, my idea I don't know if this how it actually works. The so my idea is that basically make the content for mm-hmm. like you know, say a week and put that to LinkedIn, right? And then almost just repost it on those different platforms. So it's not like you're making new content. You just have those mm-hmm.
1: three- I wish you the best of luck.
0: <laughs> I appreciate it. I appreciate. It. I'm gonna need it a little bit.
1: <laughs> you know, when you deep dive into it, the algorithms are different. They like different, you know, graphics. But I'm not gonna slow you down with that because if you just go with that, like that's gonna be like so much better than nothing. And you should do- totally do that.
0: yeah, definitely go for it. I'm
1: gonna follow you. Sure <laughs> <It's> your <laughs> accountability. Okay, so I want to hear about a brag from you. What are, what's something that you're especially proud of yourself for doing real estate or not?
0: I have a couple. So I do jiu-jitsu, Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Oh, cool. Yeah. So I, I just got my third stripe like last week. So I'm Yay. pretty excited about that I'm on my white belt. So I've been doing it for about a year now. I'm almost to my blue belt. And also I used to, when I was working as an electrician, I competed as an as an apprentice at an apprenticeship competition locally in the Bay Area and I won 2 years in a row.
1: Oh my uh, goodness. Okay, I'm so glad that you brought this up because <laughs> I saw this on your LinkedIn profile and I was like, I have a note here if you don't bring that up, I'm going to bring <laughs> it up that you won local tournaments for being an electrician. Like please tell me more about this because it sounds like so nerdy and fascinating and I don't even <laughs> know like what do you do? I just imagine a bunch of like people almost looking like they're um disarming bombs or something.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you're you're not too far off. Not bombs, but wires. But Yeah, so basically they give you, a, it's a six by six wall. So two walls. Basically you have a corner of a wall and they give you drawings and they give you eight hours worth of work to do in six hours. And they say here, like here's all the parts, here's the plans, do it. And basically you... You go, go out there, you do it. You work, like I said, you, it's like six hours, you get a little lunch break and then you go out there and then they go through and they judge everyone. So typically there's about the local side, there's probably 10 to 20 of, uh, competitors there. There's two different, there's uh, industrial and residential. So I, I primarily worked industrial in the trade. So I did that one first and I won that one. And I, I was like, I just went for it and I won. And then the residential side, I practiced a little bit and I was able to win that one as well.
1: That is amazing. This is a whole world that I never knew existed. They <laughs> hold these at like high school gyms or something.
0: So they have a, a basically apprenticeship program. So it's non-union. It's called a- ABC. But basically they do a competition every year for it. And then when you win the local ones, they send you to the national ones. So they do those all over the state. Yeah.
1: Okay. But- wait. So you, you go from the local and then you go to state and then national because that's how most, most things work.
0: So it would be it. You win local and then you go to national. Wow. So I went to, uh, it it was actually Long Beach when I did it. So they flew me down to Long Beach, paid for a a three-day hotel stay. And basically it's a three-day competition. So you go down there. I didn't win those ones, but.
1: You competed.
0: Yes, I did. I competed. It was a whole whole event. So yes, it was very uh, interesting.
1: (laughs) That is really cool. Do you have like the awards like hanging at your house? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yeah, like the Olympics. I love it.
0: First place. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so those are are the random things that I'm uh, proud about myself for.
1: I'm proud of you too. That's really cool. Thank you so much for sharing that. And it makes my brain start turning like what other like random industries can have competitions, (laughs) right? Mm -hmm. I've never seen like a realtor competition. Like who can show this home? (laughs) <laughs> it's the fastest and in most detail. Ready, set, go.
0: It's definitely, I didn't know about it until I, until I did it. I really, I just went and did it for just, I was like, right, well, what can I lose? Basically went for it. And then I found out it's this whole big whole thing.
1: That is cool. Do the other traits have that too?
0: <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, at nationals, it's not just electricians. It's big plumbers, mm-hmm. framers, everything, masons, every trait. Every trait that's, that would go out there and do
1: it. That is really cool. And my competitive spirit is flaring up, but I'm not going to pick up a trade now <laughs> at this point in my life. No. So super cool. Next question is, what would you tell your 18-year-old self if you could go back in time from what you know now?
0: Oh, that's a tough one because really my my 18-year-old self was kind of a, a problem, a little bit, a little <laughs> troublemaker. Um, so I really, honestly, I don't know if I could say anything that would really like change me. And honestly, I don't know if I want to, it hasn't been easy and there's been a lot of struggle, but I think that is kind of what made me who I am. And I don't know if I'd want to change any of that.
1: Well, it sounded like you got on the right path, like kind of early on. So I should have reframed that to like, what would you tell your 10 year old self? (laughs) 18. Years uh, old wasn't that long ago for you. And you kind of started getting into it at that time. So, you know, what would you tell your 10 or 12 year old self?
0: That's even harder. Um, I mean, really, I was just uh, just not in a good place mentally. And my mindset was just garbage. And I really mm-hmm. like, like I said, I was just really angry. There was really angry yeah. at the world for a long time. You know, the kind of that rebellious, like, I'm not going to listen to you. I'm not going to do what you tell me. Um, I don't know. Maybe just tell them that, you know, people do care world's a lot brighter place than you really think.
1: And if it would have permeated into (laughs) your brain, if you would have heard it, that's a whole nother story. But I do think that sharing your story now is a way of helping people in that position, right? Because I know I would have, and I do listen more to people whose stories sound like mine, or they, you know, look like me or sound, you know what I mean? If I can find similarities, I'm more likely like subconsciously to listen to them or if they have what I want kind of thing. And I think that anybody that happens to stumble upon your story or is listening to this, that may have come from the same background would relate and think if he could do it, I could do it.
0: Yeah, that is exactly, exactly kind of what I'm going for right now. Actually, I have a Call later today with a, a friend of mine, and we're going to go do talks at the, some of the local high schools and then kind of push it up to the community colleges and maybe some actual colleges. We're planning to go in there and, you know, just go in there, tell mm-hmm. our stories about where we were to where we are now. Like, it doesn't matter where you are, it doesn't matter, you know, what you did. But like, if you choose to change, you can change yourself right now and make the yes. difference. So that's, that's a huge, huge goal of mine and uh, a lot of drive for me.
1: That's amazing and you're definitely like doing God's work there. There's a lot of young people that could you know benefit from hearing that. I hope you're go- you're touring the East Side uh, ESSJ <laughs> that would be great.
0: Yeah yeah definitely.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know my high school has a program where I've for the last like two or three years I've been going back and doing mock interviews to prepare oh. them for like the, the real world interviews, which I think is really cool because for me, I didn't finish. I just like semi went to college. Look, I took like Pilates <laughs> at college <laughs> and considered myself in school. But yeah, I think that this is like more real world. And I think you talking to people and they could just relate to that. And it's something outside of the normal, like study hard, go to school you know, get a good job. Philosophy question for you, and I'm—I feel like the answer is yes. Have you read the Four Hour Workweek?
0: So I haven't read it cover to cover, but I definitely I have it on my bookshelf, and I definitely uh, open it from time to time and take a look at it.
1: Okay, because it sounds like that's kind of the path that you were on with giving these speeches or talks. Because that's one of the things I remember from the book is starting off locally speaking at events to gain recognition and then you go on to community colleges and colleges to build a, a speaking platform and then you write your book
0: Dang. yeah I, I guess that I mean I don't remember that part of it but yeah now that's kind of I just thought the the high schools would be a good place to start and you know I could mess up there and kind of get better and
1: better as I oh yeah first so. sure. <laughs> and you're gonna have the biggest impact there probably because they're the youngest, but that, that would actually listen. I think that's a great idea. That's super cool. So tell me about your biggest inspiration. It could be a person, it could be a place, a time, something happened. Yeah.
0: Honestly, having my daughter really uh, changed, I mean, really changed my entire life. And just, at, I mean, at the age of 16, it's not about you anymore. Like I had, I had to realize that like, whatever I do is going to affect my daughter. So I think that inspiration-wise, that's a really big part of it. And I do spend a lot of time with my daughter and I make make sure that we have that quality time. My inspiration is, is really my daughter and being able to give back. Those are two things that really motivate me to push when I don't want to.
1: Yeah, those are your whys big time. Thank you for sharing that. Do you have any book recommendations or podcasts?
0: I'm not sure exactly who you have listening to this, but I've been getting the syndication and I would definitely recommend that best ever apartment syndication book. This is a really by Joe Fairless. Oh, there, there we, we go. go.
1: There we go. Best ever apartment syndication book by Joe Fairless. Okay. I haven't read that one.
0: Yeah, this is a really good syndication book. It is like... 400 pages. I usually kind of go you know, when I need, when I'm working on a certain thing, I'll open the book, crack open it, you know, basically use it as a reference.
1: Cool. Cool. And tell me what you're currently obsessed with. If, if anything,
0: I really have been obsessed with that, trying to grow my portfolio, build up my portfolio, build up the, my cash flow, And cause I really want to be able to help and get back. That's a big part of it for me. So I can't get back and take care of my family you know, as much as I want to, with as I am right now. So I really need to build that. That's a big part of it. So I'm I'm just kind of obsessed every day trying to work on that and grow it.
1: I 100% agree. I was thinking this as I was driving just yesterday. So it's weird that you bring that up. When we are trying to just make ends meet, we're not volunteering our hours or donating or mentoring, right? It's, we have to, build this life for ourselves to have the freedom to give, right? We can be, have giving spirits every day and give here and there, but to make a massive impact, like I feel that you want to, it's super important to hone in on getting these goals done. So you have that time freedom. The money is great to not have to worry about, but it's really about the time freedom of where you want to spend your time.
0: Yeah. Like you said, if you want to volunteer or, I mean, like really I'd like to give back to you know, my mom, she really took care care of us as uh, me and my brothers. I would love to be able to buy my mom a house. Right. Oh, that's a big one. I like
1: uh, it.
0: Yeah. So things like that, you know, I can't, I mean, I could probably say for years and years and years and then maybe be able to do it, but that's, that's what I really see my goals pushing towards is being able to do things like that.
1: That's cool. I like that. Tell me a boring fact about you that maybe people don't know that you don't talk about very often.
0: I just love eating meat. Like steak is my favorite <laughs> meal. Like steak with a little bit of salt and pepper. I don't need no, no marinades, nothing on it. Nothing, oh.
1: no sides. I mean, really, go. I take
0: double the steak and no sides.
1: <laughs> okay, definitely a carnivore. This is like completely off topic. Have you ever heard of the blood type diet? The what? The It's a blood type diet that suggests that if you are um, meat eaters are blood type O.
0: No, I have not. Do you know so. your blood type? I don't.
1: Okay. I challenge you to look into it. So, my blood type is A, A positive, one of the only A pluses I've ever gotten. And <laughs> yeah. according to this book, which studied A's can be vegetarian, right? No problem. And if you're a blood type O, you're going to run into difficulties because O is based on a meat based diet. And you're more likely to have a gluten allergy as well and ulcers. So, anyways, it's worth looking at. This. <laughs> yeah, it goes into the science of like even type O people have stronger um, saliva acid, like saliva to break down the meat and stomach acid.
0: Huh. Okay. I'll definitely look into that. Uh-
1: yeah, because it's built for eating meat. And if you're a if you're blood type A, your body isn't as built to eat meat. And so it can slow you down. Your d- digestion is nest fast. So it can make you sluggish. Whereas meat eaters, it gives you energy. It's this whole thing. I got obsessed for a while. I don't know. I'm obsessive. <laughs> I just dive deep into random things. Pretty much every time I ask that falls into those categories. Huh. So that's why I always ask.
0: Yeah, no, I so- will definitely look into that. I mean, that would make a lot of sense because I've been like that ever since I was a kid.
1: Yeah. And it doesn't look like it's not doing your body right. So I would be interested to see if you, you are blood type O, do you eat a lot of bread? Does that slow you down? Have you noticed?
0: My girlfriend's gluten free. So we typically don't eat a lot of bread.
1: Okay. All right. So that makes sense. Anyways, I could talk about that for another (laughs) one. Okay. So what is next for Brody (laughs) Garcia?
0: Yeah, like like I said earlier, I'm I'm gonna go do some talks at some high schools, so I'm pretty super excited about that. I've been aggressively offering on real estate, you know, and, and basically building up our investor base for that. And really, that's that's where I'm going more real estate and you know try to change some lives.
1: I love it. You wouldn't think right off the bat those two things were involved with each other, but they totally are. And how can people get a hold of you, get in touch with you, look into investing with you?
0: Yeah. So we, we have our, our website and it's investwithkgi.com. Like and then also too on LinkedIn is where I'm most active, you know, working on my social media game there. So yeah, if you want to reach out to me on LinkedIn and set up a call, right, that'd be fantastic.
1: Cool. So we'll have those links in our show notes. And so if anybody wants to get in touch, set up a call, talk about investing. It sounds like Brody's pretty open. Talk about changing lives or giving speeches at local high schools and opportunities there. I'm sure you're open to, you know, fielding inquiries on that.
0: Yeah, that's a great idea. Actually, yeah, send send those this way too.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm booking you more gigs. Hey,
0: I'll take it. I'll take it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Perfect. Thank you so much, Brody, for being on our show. I've had a great time interviewing you. Hearing all about what makes you tick and what drives you, and I'm definitely feeling inspired—not just to buy more real estate because I basically wake up thinking <laughs> that every day, but how doing so will impact others and other people that were previously in my shoe, that shoes that didn't have as much or did, was weren't on the path to this financial freedom. Right. I just want to inspire other people to join us and to buy more real estate.
0: Yeah. There we go. Get in the game.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Sounds good. Thanks, Brody. Well, that is all for our interview with Brody Garcia. If you are enjoying this show, please head over to whichever platform you're listening to this on and leave me a five-star review. I'd really appreciate it. It enables the show to be found by more people and possibly inspire more to take action towards their financial freedom and future. So. Please do that. I would appreciate it. Definitely subscribe, like, hit the alerts button. You don't want to miss an episode. I've got a lot of great ones lined up, a lot of good interviews on the books. If you'd like to connect, please feel free to reach out to me at obsessedwithrealestateshow.com where you can apply to be a guest on the show or just leave me a comment. I'd love that. You can also connect with me, follow, DM and say hi on Instagram, Alana George underscore real estate, as well as on TikTok. I'm not as active on TikTok, but definitely you can find me on Instagram. Feel free to also check out clearconnectioncapital.com if you're interested in hearing about any of the future offerings for multifamilies all across the U.S. that we have going on. So again, that's clearconnectioncapital.com. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you on the next show.